Another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. I am your Commissioner Corey. I'm also known as Bittner Steel, and we have our two guys joining me once again. We got Evan in the house, munching on some Oreos, looking good, and uh, we got Eric, uh, his his spectral ethereal form floating around, uh, dripping ectoplasm everywhere. How are you boys doing? We had a we had a bit of a week off. Uh, some some work troubles I hear, but otherwise you guys guys doing okay. Eric, you had a bit of a weather situation I've heard. You want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I feel like the world's just trying to take me out at this point with a hurricane flying through. Mm-hmm. Um, gotta say, got very very lucky. Um, Tuesday night, right where I live, so you have the cone of uncertainty, which is that like wide area where the hurricane's supposed to hit directly in the dab center of the cone of uncertainty is the eye of the storm which was going directly over my house and i'm like (laughs) oh this is a bad this is bad so i went to a buddy's place within 12 hours not it had bounced so far right that we weren't even in the cone of uncertainty anymore and it basically missed us so we got super lucky lucky. we were bunkered down for two three days just because it could totally bounce right back well, I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you're safe, man. I'm glad that didn't uh, hit you too bad or anything. Me too. In the uh, myth around Tarpon Springs, where I live, because they've never gotten hit by a major hurricane ever. The myth is oh, there's wow. an ancient Indian burial ground around here that protects us. So wow. I want to learn more about this and report back because that I want to find out the origins of that story because a lot of people like literally believe it. Like they don't just say, say it to be funny. They're like, no, that's real. Yeah. No. Please. Uh, yeah. Do some research. Get back to us on that one. That's that's very interesting. Yeah. But uh, just want to shout out to the people down in Fort Myers and everyone down there in Florida. I hope that they're doing okay. That was, they got hit real bad. Yeah. And not only did they get hit real bad, they weren't expecting to be hit. So they got blindsided by it. So yeah. thoughts and prayers go out to them. For sure. Yeah, that's that's absolutely brutal. Um, I guess that that is, that has to be the one biggest disadvantage of, of living in Florida, right? Because you guys have a lot of good stuff going for you. Um, some great sports teams, some awesome weather, but man, hurricanes are no joke. They're not, but I, uh, I, I still have yet to be in the middle of a bad one. So maybe my mm. opinion is not the best on this, <laughs> but I still think I might take the hurricane over like a really, really bad blizzard. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I would have to live through, I've been through really, really bad blizzards, but I have yet to thankfully be in the bad hurricane yet. Yeah. I, you know, I, I continue to count myself extremely lucky living uh, up in Washington. We just we just don't have extreme weather like on on either side of the coin. Um, really, really ideal in that circumstance. You know, we get rainy times, obviously, like pretty, pretty big stretches of uh, rainy overcast weather, but never extreme to the point of uh, I've never really felt in danger of anything. The last time I felt in danger of any like environmental crisis was uh when i lived in california and it was like earthquakes um which that even wasn't like too too bad i never lived anywhere particularly um prone to to bad earthquakes but 
like I said, glad you're safe. Glad didn't hit you too bad. Um, yeah. Definitely like wish, wish the best for uh, everyone that unfortunately did get hit by that. Um, mm-hmm. But I do want to also just quickly, uh, I, I know that Evan, you got, you got a little snack over there. You're munching on some Oreos and I want to know, like, what, what do you got? You got some double stuff. Do you, you go with just the classic or what, what's your deal, man? No, it's double stuff all the way. And it's That's double stuff with taking off one of the tops with just the spin and making oh. it quad. Oh, quad stuff, baby. Here we go. Yeah. My man. All right. The correct way yeah. to eat an Oreo. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Okay. And are you are, are you a milk guy? Do you do any dunking? No. No. If I do, it's chocolate milk. But tonight, but tonight it is no dunking. I did not have any chocolate milk on hand. And as I told you guys before the show, I literally got off work uh, 35 minutes ago. Yeah. Some brutal work schedules for all of us, uh, sounds like. But uh, still here, still going to make pod for the people. Uh, Happy to be here. Always have a good time uh, doing it with y'all. So uh, let's kind of get into the swing of things, kind of uh, relearning, getting that muscle memory back a bit. And I guess, you know, as always, first things first. what what are you guys sipping on me myself i got a another one from pike brewing who i have just kind of gotten turned on to they're obviously local um down in seattle uh since 1989 as their as their label clearly dictates uh but yeah it's a waterfront ipa it's very tasty i've had it a few times in the past but i'm relatively new to the uh the whole pike brewing company but everything i've had from them is is excellent so uh i am just going with this and i uh have another one lined up. Uh, what about you guys? You guys got anything going on over there? I've got nothing tonight because uh, last week during the hurricane, as what Floridians do to prepare for hurricanes, is we drink a lot. And <laughs> uh, I pounded way too much bourbon, tequila, and beer over the span of three or four days, and including the weekend. So I'm I'm on a little bit of a week just kind of cleanse here before I have a wedding this weekend. So I'm going to just... Oh, a little bit. Another wedding. Is that another Sunday wedding? No, this one's a Saturday wedding. Thank okay. God. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna say, like, I think as I said before, I'm pretty sure Sunday uh weddings in fall should probably be criminalized. Yes, um hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Just not being able to watch any football is is brutal. Uh but okay, that's fair enough. Keeping yourself uh giving yourself a little bit of a break, keeping healthy. I like it. What about you, Evan? Uh no milk, obviously. Do you do you have a like a neat bourbon with your Oreo intake? No, no, it's it's just water tonight. I I haven't eaten in besides these Oreos in almost eight hours now. Oh my god! So. <laughs> work, man, work is killing us. This is why we need to uh, each do five more RPG leagues next year. Expand the pod, expand the audience, so that we can just do this full time. Uh, I think that's the the end goal and the dream, right? <laughs> Yeah, just do podcasts. Might need, might need might need to keep keep dreaming for a couple more years <laughs> at that point. Um, but yeah, much like Eric, I actually have a wedding this this Saturday as well. So on a on a cleanse this week, uh, getting ready for the wedding this weekend. Weddings for days for you guys. What number wedding? Four. Me too. Four weddings each for you guys. Man, I don't even think I have like more than four friends I would go to weddings for. <laughs> Or like four friends that would invite me to a wedding. It was supposed to be six weddings this year. Oh my god! Wait, did a couple fall through? Like, no, like not getting married anymore? Yes, there, there, there were two that fell through. Ooh, drama! 
<laughs> well, well, unfortunately, we're not a uh, we're not a wedding drama podcast. Otherwise, I'd ask you for details on that. But uh, one of them is football relevant right now. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a certain uh, marriage that's breaking off. Oh, come on. Uh, speaking of football, let's get into the football talk. Let's let's really get into it because uh, we got a lot to talk about. We missed a week, obviously, so we have some stuff to catch up on. I don't really want to get too much into like week three happening. I just think there's too much and we we missed it, obviously. Sorry for that, guys. We all had our assorted reasons. Unfortunate that we missed the episode, but kind of is what it is. I think that there's enough football news and podcasts out there that you guys are probably well uh, well educated on the happenings of, of week three. So we're going to kind of skip that and just kind of go over uh, what we saw week four uh, because, you know, much like Tom Brady's marriage, that's all in the past. And we don't want to really talk about uh, the past as much. Uh, so let's, let's go into uh, this this football talk. And first on the list, talking a little bit about uh, Cooper Cup. And the question is, what would you have to give up to go and trade for Cooper Cup? Mm-hmm. If I'm being posed this question... I think I'm sort of in the spot of like, I just don't know if I, I just don't know if I I would find myself in this situation. I don't know if I could like rightly acquire Cooper cup at this point, because I think you'd have to give a hefty sum for him. And like with his age, I just, I don't really feel in it to, to go and get him. Uh, But I feel like it would have to like, have to be pretty significant you're unless you're uh taking him from like a team that's just absolutely rebuilding if if the team is even close to contending i feel like they're holding him pretty close to the heart Mm -hmm. oh absolutely i just this question entered my mind right because he's not only the number one wide receiver he's ahead by a pretty far margin over uh, stefan diggs right now well his targets are ridiculous uh he broke his record like the the last game with i think 14 yeah so you know he's getting 10 targets like minimum a game yeah you know he's going to get what eight catches almost minimum a game and then it just depends how long how many touchdowns but the consistency that comes with having him on your team like if you're a contender and somebody who's not a contender has cooper cup on their team are you giving up two firsts to go and get cooper cup because i think i might i think you have to um probably minimum probably gonna be late because of your firsts right so that's a factor too but are you giving up more than that are you giving up like a two firsts and like a isaiah spiller like a dart lottery throw for that rebuilding team like i don't know again i don't know if i could give that much for a cooper cup at this stage but if i just like in a kind of in in a vacuum here if i were to go and get him i would expect to have to give two firsts plus like two firsts and something probably a little more than an Isaiah Spiller like someone like a little more um I think still maybe dart throwy but probably a little more of like a guy that's shown some stuff like a Pollard I Pollard me I think yeah I think that's a little on the higher end but maybe yeah maybe like a Pollard um it's a decent question like I I definitely feel like if you are a contender and you're missing that wide receiver piece, like, I mean, I don't think there's a better like acquisition target to like basically ensure a playoff run and championship. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's just tough considering his age and, and what you would have to give to the owner to get him. 
But also uh, just adjacent wise, I want to just mention this quickly because Eric, I think you kind of called it and you're not taking a lot of credit for this, but you did kind of call the A-Rob just burnt toast situation. And I know a lot of people were the opposite and they felt A-Rob, Alan Robinson had still a lot to offer. And man, he is not looking good out there at all. So the context of that is for the listeners, there's a league where I decided to take a throw in the dart rookie and just drop a Rob straight up. And somebody spent 125 of the free agent bucks on a Rob. Yep. And people started questioning me. Like, I can't believe you dropped them. Da, 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 da. Like, well, nobody wanted to do a trade for him. I tried that first. Nobody was willing to give up anything of value. Yeah. Uh, to be, to be fair, you came at me with, I think a straight up uh, a Rob for Velas Jones. And yeah. this was in this was in Barbarians League. And so I was thinking, okay, you know, I, I liked A-Rob a fair bit, but I was like the younger guy with like, obviously he's the return specialist and we get return right. yards for that league. So I was like, ah. last week he's not. Yeah, but but at that point, like if you can't even get a Velas Jones for, for A-Rob, right. like I, I was a little surprised to see the drop, but I wasn't like questioning it or up in arms about it, but some people were. And the 125 Fab acquisition, uh, seemed like a one i don't think anyone actually bid <laughs> uh besides that so that was a little bit of an overspend in that regard but i don't think anyone really batted an eye too much about uh the spend there because i think most people were like yeah he's on the rams the rams are going to be a good offense and he's the number two wide receiving option yeah no nobody was mad about the 125 they're all mad at me for dropping yeah. him and i was like nobody would take him in a trade but maybe this is a little bit of bears insider I just watching him last year, people kept saying, oh, it's because, you know, offense bad. He didn't like Matt Nagy, which is all true. But he didn't look the same as he did before the big injury that he had. He didn't have separation like he used to. He looked more of like a shell of himself on top of it. And Darnell Mooney looked far and away the better player. I think that's the big question that no one seemed to be asking themselves is why was Darnell Mooney outproducing Allen Robinson by such a wide margin. Right. Um, and it's, I mean, as, as we're talking right now, it kind of seems like it's because a Rob might be spent. Uh, yeah. He's had some pretty major injuries throughout his career. He had the huge yeah. one on the Jaguars. He had mm-hmm. a pretty big nagging one on the bears. Yeah. And that shelf life just might've run its course. I mean, Evan, I'd like to hear your thoughts because I know you were pretty big on a Rob coming into this year. Not huge, but like you liked some value. Yeah, so being a Penn State guy, really loved watching Allen Robinson in college. And you saw what he did with very pedestrian, at best, quarterback play. Mm -hmm. So I think there was a very large bright spot. I will also say I'm not going to put the entire onus on Allen Robinson Mm -hmm. because there's plenty of historical data that says big-time free agents that are switching teams in the offseason – typically don't produce as well as they expect. Um, but Matthew Stafford, oh my goodness. Like yeah. he is just funneling targets to Cup and Higby. And it's just like he's not looking anywhere else. Well, this is actually perfect because the next topic was uh my question was just Rams panic question mark. And it, I I mean they don't look good man their their offense is just sputtering i know they played the niners and it's a you know that divisional game those happen um and the niners have a good defense or a great defense but they're i mean even before that they 
they almost lost to the Falcons, guys. Um, I don't know. Like, it, they acquired Bobby Wagner. They they acquired uh, uh, Allen Robinson. Like, what do you guys think is going on there? Is is the Matthew Stafford like health uh, a, a bigger question mark than they were kind of letting on, or or like what's what's the deal? Are people just growing wise to the Rams' steez? I think that Rams' offense really fully came alive last year to what it was to go win the Super Bowl when OBJ came on board. And I think he really opened up some stuff from Cooper Cup, opened up some stuff for Higby. Even though he wasn't putting up monster numbers, I think his big play threat was a big key component to that offense. And their run game was clicking a little bit more last year. I don't think the teams fear Robinson like Mm -hmm. they did. I think they're basically saying, I think they're almost saying like, hey, Cooper Cup, um, go get your yards, go get your catches, go get all that kind of stuff. And we're going to let somebody else go ahead and beat us. Yeah. I mean, they're not wrong to not be afraid of Allen Robinson. He doesn't look good. He just straight up doesn't look good out there. Like I know that Stafford isn't funneling targets to him. He's not really typically looking his way, but when, when he does look his way, like just the brief like moments I've seen uh, with targets going to Allen Robinson, he, he he's had a couple of where it just looks like he's flailing out there like he's just not putting it together the like the hand eye coordination is not there um the like body control is not there um i don't know man Uh, it yeah i think i think you're right i honestly do think that the odell beckham loss is a is a big contributor here uh the rams have uh the cowboys so uh they have a pretty good defense so i mean we'll we'll see but I don't expect them to uh, turn it around uh, this week with that uh, matchup. They got the Panthers after that. If they can't turn it around uh, against the Panthers before the bye week, I think that I'm I'm hitting like 10 out of 10 red alert panic mode. Yeah. Who would who would have thought that the two, the NFC and AFC Wests who are supposed to run away with the league are now losing to like the NFC East. As best I'm, I never would have seen that coming. I'm loving the NFC West two, 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 all, all two and two teams. It's, it's amazing, which, uh, I mean, I how about Gino guys. I mean, I know I'm the Hawks bias guy over here, but how about Gino? Like he is looking so much better than anyone's expectations were for him coming into the season. He has the highest completion percentage in the league right now It's 77%. Like he is, he's out there winning games. He is making the Hawks look competitive. I don't know. I, I really like what I'm seeing. And I really like that. I have him on a lot of my Superflex teams as like my QB three, because right now I'm, I'm slotting him in. Um, I'm slotting him in, in over like Stafford. I I'm slotting him in over Jameis Winston, obviously Winston's hurt, but I think I'm going to continue slotting him in over people like Winston, uh, Davis Mills, all these guys. Like I I'm happy to just keep playing Gino. So here, I want to I want to pose like a little question like question here. So say somebody something happened to someone and they were in a coma for the last fifteen years and they woke up a, like a couple days ago, right? Mm-hmm. And you woke up and you told them, "Hey, in the off season, the Broncos and the Seahawks made a trade, and one team traded away three first round picks and a tight end for the and a quarterback for the other guy. Which one do you think that that person would think that they did trade all that away for?" Like, isn't that so wild to think about? 
I mean, I saw a stat today that Geno Smith's 77% completion percentage is the highest ever through four weeks in a season. I, I also saw a stat that made me really happy where if uh, if Geno throws the next 36 passes into the dirt, he will still have a higher completion percentage than Russell Wilson. So bad. Really, really happy about that stat. Oh, my gosh. Evan, what do you what do you think? Geno, baby, come on. Oh, he's, he's munching through some Oreos. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think Gino's looked surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, I think Pete has done a good job with that offense and helping him to look good, um, which I think is honestly a surprise. I was not expecting that at all. Um, Lockett's still doing what Lockett does. DK's still doing what DK does. Pretty frustrated with uh, the Noah Fant. Yeah, not usage. That's uh, pretty frustrating. Rotating but, cast of tight ends there with Will Disley being on top is not what uh, <laughs> a lot of people were expecting, I think. Right. But the Seahawks do have one of the better offensive lines. Um, yeah. It's definitely working towards one of the top offensive lines. Charles Cross looks real, man. Fantastic. He looks real. Yeah. 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 I know. I remember I've talked to you, Corey, about him before. Yeah. You know? He's a monster, dude. He's a mom. Yeah. I'm so happy with him right now. And uh, Tariq Woolen, man, he's also like on the other side of the ball. He's looking great. He he was uh, the only player in NFL history to be the top, had the top speed of any NFL player uh, on the field two weeks running. He's the only player to ever do that two weeks in a row. I I don't know, man. It's not what I expected, but I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with how things are going. And I think you're right about just... Uh, I think probably for me, it's more Shane Waldron kind of being the mastermind behind how the offense looks. Obviously, Pete is is contributing there, but I think that uh, he, I think that the offensive coordinator is also starting to kind of find his legs with the Hawks and uh, and put together some some really awesome uh, plays. There, there's my little Hawks uh, Homer rant. Really quick, from a fantasy perspective, to tie back into fantasy, are you guys sold enough to make a deal to go get Geno to be your QB two yet? Oh, uh, if it was, I, what would you give up? I have made a couple trades and it was mostly like, um, oh God, I think I traded away like DeAndre Hopkins in like a second to go get Gino dead. I mean, Gino's like the like number seven or eight QB, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I think it's totally fine to go get Gino if you need a second QB or a third QB. Yeah, go grab him. Evan, what would you give up for him right now? If I'm... Um desperate for a QV at this point I'd be very hard pressed to give up more than a second and a third okay so no one's on for a top 10 quarterback in a super flex through four weeks no one's willing to go like a late first no because I very much think he's a one-year rental yeah pretty pretty much exactly that yeah I agree I'm just kind of I'm trying to paint a picture of like what, where's the ceiling of the trade, right? Like, if you have Geno, yeah. what can you pull from somebody? The argument would be maybe he starts the next six games if the Hawks do well enough this year that they're out of the quarterback race in the 23 class and they have to take a middling first-round quarterback if they choose mm-hmm. to go that route. Then the argument could be that, hey, he could be a season-and-a-half-long quarterback. He could get the first six games of next year before turning it over um, which is something that typically happens in this day and age. 
especially with guys outside of the top five. Well, well, don't forget now, if if the Hawks do play out of like getting a top 10 pick, we also have the Broncos first, which could end up being a top 10 pick because they look terrible. It's so wild that the just, Broncos just lost uh, just lost Javante Williams, um, which I think they wanted to be a huge uh, focal point of that offense. Uh, I I am also devastated by that news. I had a good amount of uh, Williams on my teams. Um, I thought he was looking primed and ready for a breakout year. Really, really unfortunate. Seems like also unfortunately a very serious uh knee injury um acl i think i saw mcl uh and lcl and lcl that was the other one yep expected time frame is supposed to be about 13 to 15 months kind of like a like a jk dobbins level of injury unfortunately it's it's terrible 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 to lose but so we're not even talking the end of next season maybe possibly he should be back for playoff time next year yeah Play up time next year. Yep. So if you're a fantasy owner, you're thinking almost two years on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Uh, and as a fantasy owner and player, like awful, awful news. As a, yep. a Hawks fan that has the Broncos first round pick, I'm, uh, you know, can't be too upset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think the Broncos are, uh, I, I mean, I also, I, I kind of uh, made my case with the Broncos. I thought they would be last in, in their division and, I think they are head that way as long as the Raiders can like kind of pull it together and <laughs> pull ahead a bit because they're also not looking super great. I am uh, very happy I have zero Javanta stock. Yeah, lucky you. I don't have that much. Honestly, I, I'm I'm lucky that I only have him in, I think, three leagues. Um, so it didn't take me too bad. I actually had a lot of Melvin Gordon, which I'm still not sure is a good thing. <laughs> like I know he, he's like the presumptive guy to take over there, but he's also like... Woof, man. He's he's got the most fumbles in the league right now. Um fumbling at the goal line. I, uh, I don't know. I don't want any Broncos running back. I don't even know if I want any Broncos offensive player right now. I saw the trending on sleeper, whereas like Mike Boone, Latavius Murray are like the the top trending RBs to go grab. And I'm just like, yeah, I'll put a dollar on them if like some reason no one else wants them. I'll I'll get them for a dollar, but I'm not spending up for a Broncos RB. Like, no way. It just doesn't seem worth it. The whole offense looks putrid, man. It looks absolutely putrid. The, the whole You're saying the whole offense looks putrid. Cortland Sutton's the 11th ranked wide receiver right now. Sure. I, I mean, he's probably the only offensive weapon I would want right now. Less of a fantasy putrid, I guess. Less. Of, I do like Cortland. I have a lot of Cortland Sutton, actually. Um, but, like, on an NFL field, like, I, I just see Russ making, like, the same – mistakes that he was making on the Hawks like the last few years um the play calling is is pretty bad uh from Nathaniel Hackett um yeah I Corlin Sutton I'm actually fairly high on and have on a lot of teams so I'm pretty happy with with what he's putting together um I also have Russ uh on a fair amount of teams and he is not uh really contributing as much as I'd like him to had an okay game last week I guess but just not not what I want to see um, from a guy that was basically my QB one in a, in a good amount of league. So um, as, as the resident guy in this league that has a ton of Lance and a ton of Javante. Yeah, it hurts. Definitely. Uh, well, it's kind of, uh, well, I guess the, there's a little bit more. We, we touched on Gino, we touched on uh, Javante touched a little bit on the Titan situation, but there's a question on this list is will Disley real. And I do want to say, Eric, you put that question in, right? I do want to let you know that uh, 
yes, William Disley is a real man, real football player who plays on the Seahawks. He is, in fact, uh, corporeal, uh, real person. Yes. Okay, good. All right, we can move on. My question was answered. <laughs> <laughs> great but yeah i i mean just to touch on a little more i don't think anyone saw like i know disley has had flashes uh then he had like that terrible i think he like broke his femur uh a few years back or something and people were kind of like oh i don't know if he'll ever look as good as he was kind of starting to look around that time um now it seems like he's all healed up and i think he's like tight in six or tight in seven or something like that which is i saw him as high as five yeah yeah, man, like I and he's a guy that you could still in some in some leagues you could go pick him up on waivers still. Um, absolutely, yep. go grab him. Like uh, you know, there it might still be a little bit of a tight end carousel. Um, but if you don't have one of those top four tight ends, tight end carousel is already happening anyway, man. Yeah. Go go pick him up and slot him in if you need him. Uh, Can absolutely. You guys, remember a season that's been worse for tight ends other than like the top two ever. I, I can't, <sighs> I never know who to start week to week unless I have like Andrews or Kelsey. It always kinds of, it always kind of feels like that for me in fantasy, where if you don't have one of the top, like three or four guys, it's kind of like a crapshoot. But, but I think you're right where this That's year, for whatever reason, this year feels especially bad. And it, it does feel like there are certain guys that like we expected to be in that like top five, top six, top seven that are just, I mean, Kyle Pitts, man. Yeah. Kyle Pitts is ruining me. <laughs> Kyle Pitts is ruining me in some leagues. Uh, I mean, I know it's I know it's Marcus Mariota and it's the Falcons, but like, man, he's not even getting the targets. Um, so that's that's been disappointing to see. Uh, Dallas Goddard has had like a few okay games, but nothing like what I was hoping for him to see. I thought he was going to come in as like the you know kind of the third receiving option, and it's just I mean it's kind of lackluster. And then uh, another like kind of sleeper pick for me was like Austin Hooper, who's just been poop, like just not like anything worth starting. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right in terms of there are a lot of tight ends. It feels like that that should have been in that like top 10 sector that are just falling below guys like Will Disley that that weren't really on anyone's radars, even in like or two like tight end leagues. Yeah, David, like David and I to be honest, I called I, I called my shot a bit on david njoku i i have him in a lot of leagues and and it's purely based on his athletic profile he's best comparable to travis kelsey like once i saw that i was like yeah i'm gonna get him on some teams but that being said i never i mean i have him on leagues where i also have kyle pitts and up to this week i was starting kyle pitts over him no longer it's now david right. njoku for me every week until kyle pitts proves he can do something yep and i mean coming into the season i thought there was like five clear guys right i mean andrews kelsey pitts hawkinson goddard and then if they're healthy i was thinking like kittle and waller are up in there somewhere only two of them are up there there's two tight ends in the entire league that i, I go in now going okay i feel good about my tight end slot everything else just like <laughs> am i gonna get one target one catch am i gonna get 10 targets four catches am i gonna get 12 targets nine catches like i'll I just, give you i'll know. give you the top five right now I have yeah, it pulled up. I'll give you the top five. So we got Kelsey, which chalk. We got Andrews, chalk. Then right. we got TJ Hawkinson, number three, probably based on his big 40-point yeah. performance uh, last week. You know who number four is? It's Tyler Higby, man, coming in with like 10 targets a game. You know who number five is? Is it Njoku? 
it's Zach Ertz. Wow. It's, it's freaking Zach Ertz. We got Zach Ertz, Pat Fryermuth, Tyler Conklin, Gerald Everett. Like, we got Goddard at nine, Najoku at 10, Waller at 11. Corey, you act like you're surprised on Zach Ertz, though. Like, literally, who is Kyler going to throw the ball to? It's true. Other it's true. Than Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I'm just surprised to see him, you know, top five. Top, top five. Like, uh, top 10, sure. I wouldn't be as surprised, but top five is just like, he, damn. He finished top five last year. I suppose he did. I suppose he did. I, I, I guess I was also like thinking Trey McBride would take something away there maybe but i i mean you know tight ends right i i should have known better that it takes a couple years for tight ends to uh to lock on usually so yeah no color me a bit surprised i i guess i shouldn't be as surprised but yeah i mean we, we could talk to kyler uh like in another whole episode i feel like with just what's going on there that that must be like one of the most tumultuous roller coaster rides <laughs> but i mean like Ertz, higby ever how long how late were they be take were they like taking startup drafts they were taking super late i don't remember anything higher than like round 10 in most of the leagues i was in it's funny we had a question on the last episode i think where it it was revolving around i think it was three tight ends and two of them was higby and everett and i don't remember the third one but it was our our keep trade cut episode actually where we had those guys linked and uh whoever was the third guy not everett or higby the third guy i think was both of your guys's keeps i'm pretty sure and you guys were both like ah, higby whatever gerald everett whatever and to me also i was like i was like oh well everett like you know he's on the chargers so i like him and uh higby he's getting the target so i kind of like him but i sort of agreed with you guys where i'm like oh maybe it's like flash in the pan week three like we don't really know yet but it's starting to really seem like these guys are going to command some targets it was Isaiah Likely. That was the third. Isaiah Likely. That's right. That's right. Um, who yeah, still likely is upside long term. Yeah, hasn't really done anything. But again, like he's he's competing with Andrews right now. So I mean, he's right. he's developmental. He's he's that slot end guy. If Andrews goes down, uh, but anyway, yeah, tight ends is uh, definitely a tumultuous landscape right now. Uh, moving on from that, we uh, should probably just quickly talk about Pickett. He is now the starting QB for the Steelers. And just quick pulse check. I don't think it's going to be difficult to beat what Mitch Trubisky was bringing to the table. I'll go ahead and take my L there on calling Trubisky the, uh, uh, you know, maybe he could be the the starter for the year. Uh, that that doesn't seem like that take is going to hold water. But yeah, what do we what do we think? Are, are we thinking that, I mean, Pickett looked okay. Uh, he obviously didn't win the game against the Jets, which is kind of rough, but he he got thrown in there. Uh, in a tough situation as a rookie. I mean, what are you guys thinking? Um, you you making any like m- like preemptive moves to go like try to get Pickett maybe like before he puts on a show? First of all, I would just like to say that Mitch Trubisky is bad at football and anybody who was trying to make it out to be otherwise was, he's just not good at football. <laughs> and I know you believed in him, Corey. But as a Bears fan, he's bad at football. Hey, I think kid. you were with me to a certain extent that Nagy did him a disservice the, and that he I could be good still. To the extent that the Bears definitely did not give him a fair shot because mm-hmm. Matt Nagy's the worst. And I hate his stupid bald head and a yeah. visor. Um, who does that? <laughs> but like, he's not good. He's one yeah. ring and then 
Yeah. Tuck it out of bounds or throw a pick. No, I agree. I, I was really hoping for the change of scenery there, like under Mike Tomlin, who's a great coach, like the, the Steelers went out and got him. They seemed to believe in him. I, I really did have, I had a lot of hope going, but no, I totally, after watching it, totally agree with you. He's, he's just not good, man. He's nothing more than a high-end backup for the rest of his career. Yeah. That's all that Mitch is. He's, if he's your backup QB, you're excited to have him for three or four games. <laughs> you're floating. That's it. That's what he is. So, Eric, will you ever forgive the Bears for not taking Mahomes? Or Deshaun Watson? Or, no. Yes. <laughs> Brutal, Stupidest. man. Trading up against ourselves to go get mischievous. Stupidest. Let's go draft a <laughs> backup second overall. It's so dumb. <laughs> Pretty brutal. For watching football, all the Bears play last. I hate the Bears. They're the worst. I think Evan, though, Evan, you're, I think, the, we're the highest on picket out of the three of us. Like, are you kind of stoked now to see him in the, uh, the starting chair? Yeah. I mean, I'm glad to see him getting playtime. Uh, three interceptions last week is not very uh, enticing. And throwing pickets. Or confidence. <laughs> Look, it can't, it, it can't be easy, though, man, to like come into a game like that and, and you know, have to go try to win it when uh, you weren't planning on even really uh, playing. But uh, can it be worse? Can it be worse than Trubisky? I don't know if it can. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's going to be going to be fun to see Kenny Pickett out there. I think the Steelers defense defense isn't nearly as good without um, TJ there and and Minka Fitzpatrick now and and Minka for the time being. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's going to be very interesting. I think they're already fourteen point underdogs right now going to Buffalo. That's uh, that's yeah. going to be going to be rough. I mean, I think his projections is right around 200 passing yards, which if they're behind by that much is uh, kind of rough. I'm, I'm still excited for him though. We'll see. We'll see what the kids got. We'll see what the kids got. Yeah, I, I want to see what he's got. What a, what a crazy first game as the starter yeah. to come into at Buffalo, man. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I will say I, I'm not super excited this year about him at the prospect of being a quarterback for you. I'm more thinking that you're going to see a slight uptick in skill position players for the Steelers. I think you're going to see Deonta Johnson, Pickens, and maybe Najee get a little bit more of a boost. Please. (laughs) Please, Deonta Johnson boost. Yeah, I know. I have so much Deonta Johnson. It's been miserable. He's like – in the fifties in most leagues I'm in fifties or sixties wide receiver wise. It's awful. Yeah. Um, and Claypool's not existent right now. He literally goose egged Claypool yep. goose egg last week. But Pickens is looking awesome. Ooh, yeah. Some of the catches that guy is making are just stupid. Mm-hmm. He's kind of got that, almost that um, Odell Beckham kind of trajectory where he's making these heroic catches and garnering attention. And we'll see if we'll profile into something like that. But it's he's really impressed me so far, and we'll see who picking uh, picket kind of picking pickets. That's gonna be hard. I mean, they got the name corollary. They got the name corollary. So who who would you guys put money down on? It's gonna become uh, Pickett's go to guy. If you had to pick one, uh, Deontay Johnson feels like the safe option, like the uh, the minus like one fifty. <laughs> but uh i i might put money down on like a plus 200 pickens man why not the rookie to rookie connection i will not put it down on chase claypool 
I will no. say that. No, no. Are we are we all the way out on Claypool? Are we just like on this Steelers team? Claypool is not someone where he's um, starting. I mean, I think this week will be very telling to see if Claypool even gets like a, like three or more targets. Uh, if he doesn't, man, yeah, I, 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 at this point, the few Claypool shares I have, I'm really just hoping that he uh, finds a new home next year or gets traded or something. I would love to see the Bears go out and grab him, like Ooh. first rounder or something like that. Put yeah, field something. Yeah, I could dig that. I was going to say this season so far, Claypool has only gotten three less snaps than Deontay Johnson. So he's still on the field. Yeah. yeah. Just not getting the ball thrown to him. I don't know if that's a separation issue or it's just a Mitch not connecting with him. I don't know, but I guess we'll see what. Yeah. Yeah. How about all the above? Yeah. <laughs> I was, was going to say something similar. Okay. Well, that's that's Pickett. I think the only other topic we didn't hit here is sort of the Falcons RB situation. Like the question is, what Falcons RB are you targeting? Uh, my answer is none of them. Agreed. I grabbed one certain places just in case, but I'm not excited about it. Yeah, I put I put like two dollar fab bids on like Caleb Huntley and uh, Al, Al Jair, like in basically all my leagues is already taken. So like, you know. I, I think most people, I, I didn't get any Huntley, I think. I think most people were spending like 20, 20, 20 to 25 fab. And I was like, that is that is way too much for me. I'll, I'll take the injury discount on Cordero Patterson and I will smile doing it. Only gone yeah. four weeks, man. He'll he'll be back. He'll he'll put up some games when he's back for sure. Like he plays the the Panthers again. Um yeah, dude. Yeah, give me uh Corderell for a discount, hundred percent. Okay, well that's a quick and easy one. Anything else you guys want to touch on? I know, like, again, we missed last week, but we didn't really want to, like, go too far into it. Uh, Tom Brady's getting divorced. That's a funny meme. Um, do you guys think he'll play better or worse? I will say I don't think his skills have diminished. And, again, take it with a grain of salt. His offensive weapons have not been around. It's I don't know if he's all the way in. He does not look like – he looks like lackadaisical Brady is last year in New England. Well, bro, well, I mean, like he, he, I think, literally retired because his his wife probably wanted him to. His wife and kids probably like wanted him to start being like a dad and stop playing and like revolving his life around NFL and and the decision to not do that. I mean, I don't know. You would have to be like a like a serious like like sociopath to have this, like uh, your wife divorce you in the middle of the season, not affect you in my mind, at least like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there has to be a little bit of something there where it's going to affect him mentally at the very least, like yeah. a little bit, like it has I to. Think, I think uh, Giselle wanted Brady to be a stay at home mom and he just wasn't into yeah. it and tried it, hated it, went back. And I think she's like, well, then I'm out. And that's yeah. probably, I, I mean, I'm not in their personal life. Yeah, like I mean, who, you. like, yeah, you know, yeah. that that's you're a human being. That's got to bother you, especially when it seemed like they had a good marriage. I and now divorce looming over. I just I don't know if he's all the way in it this year. I I think this is going to be his last year. And I think you're seeing somebody who's starting to say, like, I just don't have the clarity of mind and the drive to do that. And for somebody who's as old as he is he doesn't have the athleticism and the makeup to overcome the mental hurdles. 
because the way he overcame the physical hurdles was his mental edge was so sharp and his mm. knowledge. And if he's not digesting that like he was, I don't know if he's going to look spectacular, which stinks because that Bucks defense might be the best defense in football, maybe. Yeah, no, I, I feel you there. Mahomes kind of clowned that defense last week. But also when you fumble the opening kickoff, I would like to know the statistics on this. The has momentum, team, yeah. Has a team ever won a game when they fumbled the opening kickoff and the other team recovered it? I want to know the stats on that. Because you basically yeah. got the ball at both halves then. Mm-hmm. I do like, uh, do do some research for that uh, for next time. That. I would like to know yeah. that. If the team's <laughs> ever fumbled the opening kickoff and won the football game. Yeah, come back uh, to us next week and, and let us know what you find when you research that. Uh, I'll, while Evan answers, I'll actually, or does his best bets, I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, before he does that, though, I did just want to, like, qu- quick question. Do you think that there is, like, um, some sort of club to be formed here with uh, Giselle and Eli Manning and Nick Foles of people that all took rings away from Tom Brady? All right, we can move on. Evan, why don't you go ahead and hit us with your best bets? As we kind of discussed a little bit, kind of been pretty busy with work, um, but mine also comes with a big caveat this week of definitely, definitely, definitely check the injury report. Um, There are some big injuries for the Dolphins. Uh, So right now it's Dolphins at minus three. And... It comes with mainly because even though two is out, Teddy is very good against the spread. So Teddy in his career is 42 and 21 against the spread. And on the road, he is 24 and six against the spread. So those are both very good numbers. That's 67% against the spread in his career. uh, And then 80% on the road against the spread. So I have a little bit of concern if Jalen Waddell is out because that means that Sauce is going to be on Tyreek and Sauce has looked like the bright shining star of that defense. He has played extremely well. um, And if he can be on Tyreek and that is really their only weapon, because for whatever reason, they decided not use Mike Kosicki as a wide receiver because he really should be a wide receiver, not an inline blocking tight end. Um, so the caveat for that comes into play with checking Xavier Howard. So if Xavier Howard is not going to play in the game, that is a concern. If Teron Armstead isn't going to play in the game, that's another concern. And if Jalen Waddle isn't going to play in the game, that's a third concern. So all of those guys uh, should have had DNPs today uh, as of Wednesday, October 5th at practice. So that is concerning. Uh, obviously, I'm looking at Friday's practice session. Uh, if they don't all three practice on Friday in limited capacity, then I'm probably just nixing it. Um, but yeah, I haven't been able to, to dig in nearly as much as I want to. Um, so that is the only one that I'm going to roll with right now. Cool. Well, uh, to break tradition a little bit, I won't jump in, uh, right away. Uh, I'll wait for the injury designations, uh, seems wise, especially in this situation, but yeah, I think that generally seems good. I, I mean, man, the dolphins, uh, before the two injury, um, man, they were just looking lights out with those weapons there. So 
Yeah, it looked like a, a great offense. And then one just fun little play with a little bit of sprinkle. I text Corey about it was Pickett for offensive rookie of the year. So typically, typically it's a quarterback. Uh, sometimes it's a running back. Very rarely is it a wide receiver. And when you look at it, it's Damian Pierce and Brees Hall at running back. And there is literally no other quarterback that yeah. is going to have a shot at winning this award. And and you see the, I, I think you could see the arguments against uh, the running backs there because they're not on teams that I would view as like, you know, teams that can really keep up the pace in the running game as much. I think they're going to start like losing games and the, the running game could fall off. And uh, with, with, you know, Pierce and Hall, it could take a little bit more time for them to get to uh, like pure starter status. I think it's starting to happen with Pierce, but there's still Michael Carter um, kind of taken away from Brees Hall a little bit. Uh, but with Pickett, man, to me, I feel like you give him the reins, he's going to be the starter of the rest of the year. And I I think it's a great bet to make, um, given that there's no other rookie QBs that are even in the conversation right now. Um, and none of the wide receivers are like really blowing it out of the water. I think Chris Olave looks awesome. Uh, he's, he's putting together some great performances, but how much do you really want to bet on like the saints, uh, keeping up the pace and continuing to feed him? Um, we don't really know if Michael Thomas will be back eventually. We don't really, uh, we, we haven't seen, uh, Olave really kill it with Camara like fully healthy and on the field. So I think there's some like regression there. Um, yeah, no, I, I really like it, especially at what was it like, uh, was it plus a thousand? It was plus a thousand this morning and it's already moving. So it's down to plus 800. Cool. Well, that's best bets. And then uh, that takes us right into Eric's spicy, hot, burning, uh, burning sensation uh, take of the week. Absolutely. First, before I jump into that, though, there is one instance where a team fumbled the opening kickoff and won the football game one time. Not only was the opening fumble kickoff fumbled, it was returned for a touchdown instantly. Ooh. 2013, the Dallas Cowboys fumbled the opening kickoff to the Oakland Raiders and came back and won. Of course, the Raiders. 31-24, the Cowboys. Tony Romo. <laughs> that is such a weird there, – there's, there's your stat for the week. That is so strange. One time ever, though. That's crazy, man. One what time. A good, uh, that's good knowledge to have. Like, if that ever happens, like, just go and hammer – the the money line on on that team that that recovered the fumble like yep if a team fumbles the opening kickoff and the other team recovers it hammer, hammer the other team money line put the house on it yeah it's just the momentum that it steals from you and then you lose the second half, half kickoff too yeah so it's such a big swing it makes a lot of sense yeah so that's super interesting but any anyway we're going to eric's hot and spicy take of the week we've had some hot and spicy so far Last time we went with a good football team. Now we're going to talk about bad football teams. All right. So first of all, we're going to look at some divisions here. In the last place in the AFC East, we have the New England Patriots. A lot of people are rooting for them to be bad, but you know what? Mac Jones is hurt. Defense looks all right. I don't think they're the worst team in football. They'll, they'll win some games this year. We go down to the Steelers. Steelers have some bad luck. But, hey, we got a new rookie coming in. We don't know what we're going to see with them. TJ Watt's going to come back eventually. I don't think they're the worst team in football. they got a little bit of bright spots ahead of them. Now we get to the Colts and the Texans. 
These are garbage football teams. These are bad football teams. But the Colts have that weird Matt Ryan might get crazy hot a couple weeks and win some games. Like, still the only team to beat the Chiefs this year. That's weird. Then there's the Texans who theoretically could be like two and one or three and one right now in a weird world if like a couple bounces go your way. I'm not willing to call them the worst yet. And also homage to Corey for his David Mills belief, even though he's ranked 28th out of 32 starting quarterbacks in QBR. Um, thought I'd throw that set out there for you. Yeah, Next thanks. Next we got the Raiders, who made their big win last week. I actually think they're on an upward trajectory. I still think the Broncos are going to finish last in that division. I like the Raiders yes. to overtake them and move forward. Yes. Let's continue the NFC North, where we got the Lions, who are the only one and three team there. And they're not even the worst team in the NFC North. It's the Bears, but the Bears are two and two. Go figure. Could have almost been three and one. It was a terrible game last week. But I still think the Lions are a scrappy one and three and should probably be better than that. I mean, you score 45 and lose. That's crazy. Next up, we got the Panthers and the Saints. The Panthers are in this conversation for worst team in football. The Panthers are bad. But their defense is okay, and they still have Christian McCaffrey, who's healthy. And Baker's decent enough to get you to maybe four to six wins, right? And then you got the Saints, who also look awful, but they might have a top-ten defense. Their offense is just garbage right now. So we'll see in a little bit. But the team that is going to be the number one overall draft pick in the 2023 NFL Draft and take C.J. Stroud, number one overall, is none other than the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm kidding. It's going to be the Washington Commies, baby. Washington Commies. Carson Wentz is going to take them straight to the bottom. Washington, you are in line to lose your owner, hopefully get kicked out this year, maybe rechange your name again to the Wolfpack, which is much cooler, and then go and draft C.J. Stroud. I do believe the Washington Commies will have the number one overall pick. You know, that's, that's so weird. I, the, the zoom call is like cutting out in a weird way where it's not like you're not missing words, but the words are changing. And I know you keep saying Denver Broncos, but it sounds like you're saying Washington commanders. Oh, uh, no, I think that's the the distance between us. And somehow from my mouth saying Washington commanders to your Denver Broncos, which would then make the Seattle Seahawks have the number one overall pick is not happening. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, yeah, I don't know, man. There's some weird interference here because I know you're saying Broncos, but like, okay. I mean, it sounds like a man is best. It's okay. Seen how bad Carson Wentz looks. Yeah. I mean, it's not great. And I, I mean, I haven't even heard the name Scary Terry once this year. I mean, is he catching footballs? I don't know. I mean, yeah. who, who who is the best player on the commanders? Who Curtis is Samuel. In fantasy, he is. <laughs> Like it or not. But, like, can you even name a good player on their team? I mean, Antonio Gibson, eh. I don't know. They're a bad, bad football team. Uh, Chase Young, who's hurt. Who's hurt. He's not even playing. <laughs> yeah. Don't be, don't be hating on Jahan Dotson. Jahan Dotson, yeah. I mean, he's he like hurt. hurt. You just got hurt, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it might not be my hottest take in the world, but I just – I. I will find it hard-pressed to believe the Commanders win a single other game this year other than maybe splitting with the Giants. I do want to take it back to you because you mentioned the Saints, but I just want to say like how uh, amazing for Evan the Saints having the number one pick would be because the Eagles have the Saints' first-round pick. So I do, I really do like the fact that – because I agree with you, Eric. For the most part, I think that Commanders is a solid pick, but I also think that 
Saints and and Broncos are kind of floating around that conversation. And if it's the Commanders, I think that's that's fine. Like I'm fine with the Commanders being bad. I I don't like their owner. I don't like Carson Wentz. Uh, but I also I kind of like that in the conversation is uh, two out of uh, the three of our teams here uh with the chance to have the number one overall pick from teams that they traded first round picks from that's pretty Mm -hmm. sweet uh if that does end up happening i still think bears are going to re-enter that conversation at some point but i i I thought we were going to win three games all year and we've already got two through three through the first (laughs) three that's not going to happen we're going to win yeah two to three more games i i you would think but well, the, the, the really sad thing for the Bears, if they do end up getting a top three pick, is there's no clear cut top offensive tackle and there's no clear cut top wide receiver. Right. It almost puts Justin Fields in like danger mode, like pretty big danger mode. Yeah. But do you go from one Ohio State quarterback to the other? <laughs> no, I, I don't think they would go from a quarterback. I think they would just end up going defense at that point or trading back. Hopefully trading mm-hmm. back. Hopefully smart. we would trade back. Because yeah. you can get a ransom for C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Or Will Levis. I was going to say the absolute dark timeline here of Will Levis going to the Bears. Oh, God. <laughs> Just mayo copies for everyone. <laughs> Soldier Field starts selling mayo copy. Oof. Oof. Okay. <laughs> There's only so much, like, mayonnaise coffee talk we can do here without, like, I don't want to make the listeners uh sick while they're driving to work or whatever so it certainly wasn't my spiciest take of all time but i feel like it's a good time of the year to try to predict what you think the worst team's gonna be and i'm sorry washington fans you guys look like garbage yeah i mean having dan snyder at the uh at the helm there as an owner is just i mean that's the worst that's some of the worst luck uh you can have as a sports fan it's i think it's... if the i think if the commanders lose this week i think you might see ron rivera fired Whew. That that should have been your spicy take. I guess that can coincide with it. It, it kind of coincides, but yeah. you, I, we might see him fired after this week. All right, uh, spicy, very. Ooh, my mouth is hot. Ooh, I need some milk to cool down the spice from that take. All right, let's. Uh, all right, let's take it into top dogs. Uh, missed last week. We did input our selections. They are not worth talking about because I don't think any of us saw the golf. Josh Jacobs, uh, TJ Hawkinson. Who is the top? I don't even know who the top wide receiver was, to be honest. Uh, it was Justin Jefferson, narrowly beating out Mike Evans. Yeah. Wow. So again, wow, this is actually the second time that we could have reasonably put uh, Justin Jefferson, but we didn't. Did. none of us pick. I think we, some of us had picked Justin Jefferson some of the time, but never on the weeks where uh, I think it was week one. And then this week he he went off and none of us picked him at all uh so not really worth not really worth talking about we have a a scoreboard here of evan at four (laughs) eric at zero and me at one uh definitely some uh points we gotta make up here uh but i'm feeling pretty good about this week's selection so i'll go ahead and start us off and i'm sure evan will like my pick for qb it's jalen hurts and my big argument here is cardinals bad cardinals real bad and I think Jalen Hurts is going to go off. Uh, A.J. Brown, who's going to stop him? Uh, he's a monster. If they do try to stop him, maybe put like Buda Baker plus on him all game. Uh, Jalen Hurts is just going to do it on the ground. 
probably, you know, run for close to a hundred yards and run in a touchdown, maybe two and toss them to uh, Smith and maybe some to Goddard. I, I, I don't know. I just, I see the Cardinals as just getting blown out this game uh, thinking like a 40 to 10 kind of score line. So uh, looking to see the Eagles just kind of go off here. Uh, so yeah, Jalen Hurts, top dog week four. Ow, ow, ow. I like it. Can't go long, wrong with Hurts. I'm going with the, uh, with the bad man himself, Josh Allen, gets the Pittsburgh Steelers. Without TJ Watt, that Pittsburgh Steelers defense is just a shell of itself. They got Minka Fitzpatrick, but that's about it. Yeah. That's the only thing I get really excited about. They do, they do not have Minka Fitzpatrick. Oh, man. He got hurt. I like, I like this even more now. I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. All in on Josh Allen. I mean, this might be another pull Josh Allen at the end of the third quarter game. <laughs> That'd be unfortunate for your pick. That's actually why I didn't pick him. Yeah, that it might, but man, they could be up like 28-31 yeah. by halftime. Going it could be gross. Rookie. I yeah. mean, Penny throwing pickets is mm-hmm. starting, and I just, this has the makings of a Bills just like slaughter fest. Um, yeah, I, I do agree with you. I, I Gabriel Davis is now presumably like at full health. I think he was a little like he, they're running him out there with a little bit of sketchy health. Um, Jameson Crowder broke his ankle, unfortunately, but uh, I just think that opens up more room for hopefully Isaiah McKenzie, who is also dealing with a concussion. But I am hopeful because I'm trying to slot him in. McKenzie had a back injury, right? Not a concussion. Was it a back injury? I thought it was a concussion, but I might no, be no, wrong. The, coach, the coaches definitely reiterated it was a back injury. 100% oh, okay. It couldn't possibly be a concussion. Oh, I see what you're doing now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. Well, okay. Sleeper is still saying concussion, but uh, like you said about Jalen Hurts, you can't really go wrong with Josh Allen. The only reason why I haven't uh, put Josh Allen, at, I think my third consecutive QB top dog in a row was, was because I think that there's a chance for the, the bills to just run away with it and, and bring in the, the second string in like the, the fourth quarter. So, uh, but good pick and go ahead and take it to Evan. Oh yeah. I went with Mahomes. I think it's going to be a shootout, a dogfight, and I think it's going to be a lot of points scored in the game. I think both defenses are very average uh, against the pass average too bad against the pass. So I once again think there's going to be a lot point, a lot of points scored, and because of that, going with one of the most athletic, one of the most fun to watch from the throw angles quarterback in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. Nice, yeah. Again, guys, like we're picking top dogs here. There's only three of us. We tend to go a, like a little bit chalk, I think, picking these guys that are obviously going to be guys, but like. We're trying to win the game here. We're trying to beat each other in points and picking Mahomes is also never a, a bad decision. Um, definitely think it's going to be a shootout as well. Would uh, be happy to bet the over. I, I imagine the over is still bettable, even if it's at like 56, 57 points. Okay, great. Uh, taking it to running back then. Uh, I, I went a little bit against the grain with this one. Um, I understand that. The Chargers might seem like a you know one of the more formidable defenses, but I think I think this might be a Nick Chubb week. Um, the Chargers lost Bosa, uh, groin injury, pretty significant, uh, and pretty much right after that happened, uh, that's when Damian Pierce hit his like seventy-five yard just crusher 
uh, uh, run for the touchdown. And obviously the Texans uh, went on to lose the game. Um, but I think, uh, I don't know, kind of a hot take. I think Nick Chubb might be a better running back than Damian Pierce. Uh, so I think that he has a good chance to, you know, just just make this a Nick Chubb game, run all over the field. I think that the uh, the passing game for the Browns might be a little bit in question with, you know, they got JC Jackson, they got Derwin James, uh, pretty good in the secondary there. So I think the Browns might turn to Chubb, just kind of take over and run for over 100 yards and get a couple scores. Nick Chubb, top dog. I like it. I like it. By the way, our uh, ghost podcast episode that randomly disappeared because of issues. Yeah. Where um, I said that there's a shot that Nick Chubb is RB1 this year. Not looking terrible four weeks in. Not looking terrible. He's looked fantastic, and the Browns are pounding him. I do really like that we had a collective like RPG take where we were all like, Nick Chubb is the only Brown you want. And I know yeah. Cooper is also putting together some good appearances for sure, but I still firmly believe, I, I really like that we had that take. Yep. Nick Chubb's the only one you want. All right. For me, for my running back top dog, I'm going Saquon Barkley. It is so cool seeing him fully healthy again. Mm-hmm. And when he's healthy, he's a top three running back in football. He is so with, good. With confident, and, uh, uh, competent play calling too with Brian Dable. Yes. Oh yeah. Dable knows how to get him in open space. Yeah. Like, having a good offensive minded coach, like he's in a great situation right now. And I don't even think it matters if his what quarterbacks back there playing. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the bears game last week, all their quarterbacks went out with injury. Saquon played quarterback for a series is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. That was such a strange week last week, yeah. but I also don't know if you guys have paid attention. The Packers run defense is awful. Awful. The bears ran all over them. I think we were averaging almost 10 yards a carry in that football game when we played them. And we're a one-dimensional football team. The Patriots, between Stevenson and uh, Damian Harris last week, both of them put up yards. The Packers cannot stop the run. And I know, just out of frame of reference, the uh, Giants played the Bears last week. And the Bears have a decent run run defense. Like, we're good enough to stop some runners. We couldn't do anything about Saquon. We knew he was touching the ball every time. And he would just get eight yards like it was nothing. Or Daniel Jones would run for 20 because we were so afraid of Saquon. It was ridiculous. And I think Saquon's going to absolutely just run over the Packers. Because the way the Giants win this football game is the Giants get 45 minutes of time of possession because they just pound it with Saquon. Who else do the Giants have, man? They have nothing. They have literally nothing. They got Saquon. That's it. Yeah. He's kind of like the Giants' Nick Chubb. Except they don't even have a they don't even have an Amari Cooper. <laughs> the leading receiver for the Giants last week was one catch for eleven yards, and they no. won. The- is that real? Is that actual? One catch. 11 oh yards. no! Yeah, uh, and uh, the Bears lost that game. I'm about to throw something. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry. No, oh, I, boy. In- incorrect. Three catches, twenty three yards. Excuse me. But like, okay, yeah, come on, Eric. Three catches, 28. Yeah, that's a great. Right. It was the leading wide receiver was one catch, 11 yards. Was that, was that Richie James? Who no, was, it was that? Slayton. Uh, oh. <laughs> two tight ends had combined four catches for 39 yards. Yikes. And that was above Slayton. That's, that's it. That's the yeah. game. Yikes. So, and then you got Saquon who ran for 31 times for 146 yards. God. Yeah, I'd love seeing him 
just put on a show, man. I, I had him in a lot of leagues and got a lot of offers in the off season. And I just kept him. I kept him everywhere. And I was just like, Smart. look, man, there's nothing, there's nothing you can give me that is going to like outproduce Saquon's like ceiling. Like if Saquon comes back and he's Saquon, there's really nothing you can give me that I want. That's going to, that you will give me that will be equal value. So I'm, I'm super happy to see him where he is. Uh, I think that's a great pick. Um, I really like Evans pick too, actually uh, on this one, because he's going against the Hawks and I think we can't stop him. Evan, do you want to <laughs> grace us with your RB pick? Yeah. I tried to pick something that was a little off the wall, a little less chalk, yeah. especially with how he's been playing this year. He's on my radar too. And especially since he's injured or coming off of injury. Mm-hmm. So I think all of those things kind of work against him. Uh, but the pick is Alvin Kamara. I just, the Hawks run defense is bad. Yep. Like it's pretty plain and simple there. You combine the fact that he could have a very solid rushing game with the fact that he could get dump offs. If, you know, Winston isn't playing, even if Winston is playing, could be a little hobbled. So there's also that potential for more dump offs which just means the ball in Alvin Kamara's hands, which usually leads to good things. So I think there is a potential there. I almost went Saquon, but I did see Eric's pick of Saquon. And I said, nope, that's okay. I'll go with something different. And I almost went with Saquon because the Giants have the most yards per game rushing this season so far, and they're averaging almost 193 yards per game. And you combine that with the fact that the Bears are giving up 182 yards per game. Yeah, I, it's funny. Like the, the these were my three guys. It was it was Chubb, Barkley, and Kamara. And Kamara for me, I really wanted to play him because he's going against the Hawks. And look, I mean, I know this isn't always the appropriate corollary, but it's hard for me to not see like Jamal Williams go off against the Hawks and score a couple touchdowns and have like 80 yards, and then think, well, Kamara is much better than Jamal Williams. And so he should go off like just as much. I know that's not like always the right corollary to have, but I think it's something to like kind of keep in mind at least is that, yeah, man, I think if he's healthy and he's getting the, uh, he can get the pass work. No, I I really like him in this spot. I I think that we each had basically my top three uh, RB picks for top dog listed here. So I mean, it's a great pick. But yeah, coming off coming off of the week against the Bears, I think kind of props Saquon up a little bit in most people's minds, which I just didn't want to go with a propped up pick. Just to reiterate, uh, Green Bay is ranked 22nd in rush defense with 126 yards per game given up. Seattle's a hot, ranked 29th with 154 per game. And I'm just going to correct myself. Chicago's ranked dead last at 183, and I just hate Chicago. I'm not even going to try to be nice to them anymore. They suck. <laughs> I thought for sure we were more middle of the pack, but guess not. We suck. Yeah. Well, they gave up like 240 yards on the ground last week. Yeah. That's probably inflating it a bit. Okay. Uh, well, good RB picks, guys. Uh, best of luck, uh, but more luck to me. Uh, going over to wide receivers. Um I just want to double down on kind of what Eric had for Josh Allen. And I want to say that I I think that Stefan Diggs is just going to run wild. Uh, He may get pulled for second string in the fourth quarter because they just go too wild, but I don't think that prevents him from having two scores and 120 yards. 
uh, or more. Like, I, I think that he's just going to no Minka, no TJ Watt. Uh, the Steelers have very little cornerback uh, players that I'm, I'm concerned with covering Stefan Diggs. I just see, I see it as just wheels up for Diggs this week. And I think Josh Allen's going to have a great game. And therefore I think that Diggs is going to have a great game, uh, especially with the fact that they don't have Jameson Crowder anymore. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie is still a little beat up. Uh, Gabriel Davis is coming off of his ankle injury. Maybe he's still slightly limited. Dawson Knox is beat up. Um, I think they're just going to have to rely on Stephon Diggs. I think he's going to get a bunch of targets, a bunch of work and a couple scores. So Stephon Diggs, top dog. I like it. My top dog wide receiver, I'm going Cooper Cup. I don't remember who they're playing. So hard not to just go Cooper Cup with his targets, man. I don't remember who they're playing. I have no idea. Stafford, <laughs> I don't care if he's playing bad. It's Cooper Cup. That's my top dog. Uh, Cowboys. Uh, he's still my top dog. <laughs> yeah, say no more. Cooper Cup. And Evan, what do you got? Uh, I'm going Jamar Chase. Ooh. And he's playing the Ravens, who Ooh, are Ravens is bad. The, the Yeah. They're statistically the worst pass defense yeah. in yeah. the league. So there's that going for it. Yeah. And then you combine the fact that, man, I just Sauce got in his head week three. You look at that game and you're just like, okay, like he hasn't had a good game then. He didn't have a good game last week. It was the T Higgins experience last week. You combine that together with the fact that they're playing the worst pass defense in the league. And I very comfortably say that Chase is going to lead that team in targets. He's going to lead that team in receptions and he's going to lead that team in yards this week. Love it. Yep. I really like that one. He was my second. Really quick because we didn't touch on it. Can we, can we just question John Harbaugh on fourth down? going for that touchdown instead of just kicking the field goal to go three ahead. Like why? No, I like the call. I was fine with it. Yeah. Going against the, the bills. I mean, I, I, I get it. I get, I get the, it. The thought process. Ah, man, that's tough. Their, def- their defense is bad, man. Their defense is bad. I think that was the thought process is like, go for the I touchdown guess. and hope that the defense can at least like stop them to the point where like the bills can't score a touchdown. I, I think that was the thought process. I, I, I get it. And in hindsight, you know, it didn't work out, it, but it works. So he's a genius, but like, yeah. man, that's still a tough spot to call. Uh, I mean, tough call you, you risk what everybody's doing this week of questioning your coaching acumen, which they shouldn't. <laughs> he's a great coach. Yeah. Like one bad decision does not make you a bad coach. When you have the, the rapport that he does, it, it was just odd. But like yeah. you said, you can logic yourself into it, but it was just a very strange decision. I just, we hadn't talked about it. So I just wanted to see what you guys thought. I feel it. Okay. Taking it to uh tight ends then. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like that my picks are kind of being backed up by your guys's uh, QB picks. Cause I, I'm, I'm going Travis Kelsey. I put in parentheses as the explanation is uh, because Kelsey uh, he's, he's the number one tight end. He has a great matchup this week. High scoring game. Number one target for Patrick Mahomes. I don't think I need to say more. I think he's going to be the guy. Yeah. I mean, you absolutely like can't go wrong with Kelsey. Uh, I went Mark Andrews only because like Evan was saying, the Ravens have the worst 
pass defense, and I think it's going to be high scoring. So I think the Ravens are going to have to score to keep up with the Bengals. And um, I just think Mark Andrews is just such a big target for Lamar. I think he's going to be thrown to him a lot this game. That's the other guy to pick, right? Those are the top two. Yeah, so for top dogs, we got two tight ends to pick up, pick from every yeah, week. Pretty much. We're we gonna just keep. Are we gonna guess Will Disley? No, no, no one's gonna go like play play in the like play in the water with a uh, Hawkinson for repeat performance. <laughs> Not this week. All right. If there's any week that George Kittle shells out, dude. It, it, it better be this week. I almost put George Kittle. I'm not even lying. Like, I almost put George Kittle because I'm like, I don't want to be chalk. I don't want to just keep picking Kelsey. And if it was any week, it would happen. This yep. is George Kittle's week to, like, prove he was worth. I mean, people were taking him, like, like, like later than they have been and for good reason, but still really early. Um, And I have zero Kittle. Um, And I still think that, like, he's really good. And like with Jimmy Garoppolo, I, I, I don't know. I was expecting this last week with Jimmy at the helm. I, I thought Kittle would, you know, put on a pretty good performance and he still didn't, but if it was any week, it'd be this week. Well, so I, I also think part of the the Kittle not putting on as big of a performance really has to do with Trent Williams being out and them using him in line as a blocker to help chip and to help be an extra offensive lineman, basically. Yeah. That was the meme I was seeing on Reddit was that uh, George Kittle now uh, doesn't play tight end. He plays left tackle. Yep. Pretty much. But all that being said, I'm going to stack here and I pick Mahomes as my quarterback. So I am going Travis Kelsey as my tight end. It's a good stack. The, I, I should know better at this point. I mean, that's how you pulled so far ahead because you got that uh, that uh, two-point stack that one week with Mahomes and Kelsey being the top guys. So I should really start learning my lesson here. If you get this one again, then I'm just going Mahomes-Kelsey every game for the rest of the year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, good pick. Again, like what what can you say about Kelsey? He's, he's the guy. Eventually, right? Eventually, Kelsey has to come down to earth right like eventually he has he's 32 pushing 33 like how long can he keep this up do you guys see him being like a prolific tight end until he's like 36 37 i think you start seeing the decline next year yeah maybe i mean delaney walker was pretty good that was like the only like tight end i can think of right now that like got into his like antonio gates upper 30s yeah. Okay. Yeah. Antonio Gates. Yeah. Like, um, you know, almost approaching 40 and still being like pretty fantasy relevant though. It's yeah. a, that's a tough ask, man. Tony Gonzalez. Oh, wow. How, when did he, yeah, I don't even know. Like when did he stop playing? 13, 12, 13. So like he was how old? 36. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 37. I just Googled thirty-seven. Man. Okay, uh, but I, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess we're talking about like the best Titans ever to play the game, right? When we're when we're including Tony Gonzalez in the in the conversation, Antonio Gates and Travis Kelsey and all these guys. Like, yeah, yeah, I feel it. So, uh, if Kelsey can keep going until he's 36, 37, I'm going to be pretty happy having acquired him in some dynasty leagues where people I think were happy to move him because of his age. Um, and Tony Gonzalez's. 37-year-old season in 2013, he had 121 targets, 83 catches, 859 yards, and eight touchdowns at 37. Pretty good for a 37-year-old guy. Yeah, not, not too shabby. All right, very, very good. Um, 
All right, guys. I like the I like the picks. We'll come back next week and see how these all tally out. I'm really hoping that we uh I'm really hoping that I can catch up with Evan here. And I really look forward to seeing Eric finally get on the board if that ever happens. That'd be nice. Uh, but last but not least, taking it to my sleepy dog of the week. Um, I don't even remember. I don't, I honestly don't remember. I should have looked. I don't remember my last one. Probably better that I <laughs> that I don't remember. I don't think it was good. Uh, but I'm gonna keep going with the I think I've sort of gotten a rule a rule set uh design here where I'm basically I think I'm gonna look at guys past the like the 36th uh spot. Like basically I'm looking at like wide receiver and running back fours or later as guys that I think can break into like the the running back wide receiver three two kind of area. And this week I'm going with an interesting one. Uh one that I, I think might give Evan some some shivers just because I think we've talked about him before. Uh, it is the tight end vulture himself, Smooch's J.D. McKissick. Uh, I think that he's going to be a solid flex play. And essentially, it's based on his... Uh, I mean, he's still getting the targets, man. Uh, I know that the commanders have uh, Dotson and they have McLaurin and they have Curtis Samuel getting some good targets, but... Jahan Dotson's out now uh, and Gibson is still kind of shaky and McKissick is, was still getting the targets, even despite those guys being on the field. Uh, He was averaging like five targets a game this week. They go uh, to the Titans who I think are pretty stinky. Um, I I don't think that the Titans are are very good. I think that the Colts uh, having lost to them doesn't really say a lot because I think the Colts are just as bad. And they are also dealing with like a hobbled uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think that, McKissick has a good chance here to kind of play this uh, fill-in role where he takes some targets that would have been going to Jahan Dotson Uh, and, you know, nothing to bank on. I know, but he's yet to score a touchdown. Uh, He has been putting up consistent PPR numbers though, of like, you know, 10 points a game, kind of what you want to see in like a, a flex two guy. So he's currently, I think projected as like RB 50, um, and I think there's a good shot that he breaks into RB3 territory this week. I'm surprised you didn't make this your Nikhil Hines week. Naeem Hines? I, I, I thought about it, but, you know, I think that was a little too chalk being that uh, Jonathan Taylor has been ruled out. Um, I think that people are sort of being forced to start Naeem Hines anyway. Uh, so I wanted to pick a guy that uh, I think that I, w- I want to try to convince people or make them feel a little better about if you got to slot in a guy in that J.D. McKissick zone, I think J.D. McKissick is a guy to look at and and put in that spot. Okay. Uh, Naeem Hines, I mean, I know for one, the few Naeem Hines I have, I'm putting him in my running back two slot and praying to the heavens because I backed him up with a lot of Jonathan Taylor and I'm now in panic mode, not having JT. Yeah, I mean, I do like I do like Hines, but I think that J.D. McKissick was a little, little sleepier. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and, and slate him this week. And also, I think I picked Hines one week, so I don't want to do a repeat pick. So uh, get get smooches in there. Get some kisses from Kissick. Smooches. I like it. I like it. Uh, all right. Great. Uh, anything else you guys want to, like, end on here? Cole, Cole Beasley retired from football. Womp womp. Blake Bortles. Blake yeah, Blake Bortles. Bortles. I saw that. The boat, man. The Bortles of all time. The Bortles of all time. 
Uh, but man, it's really like I know Cole Beasley had obviously his like controversies with like the the vaccine stuff and you know all the all, all that. He was like a consistent PPR guy, and you know I guess I just want to say like it's it's really tough uh, with so many people leaving Brady right now. We got Beasley, we got his wife. I mean, it's just rough going. Oh,